Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. We are on our, our theme, boundaries, and specifically developing boundaries. And one of the things that, with talking with people through the week, uh, that they have mentioned to me about the boundaries is two areas of their lives really tend to uh, resonate this idea of boundaries. And one of them is the area of work, and the other one is in boundaries with family and, and people that are close to them, that those two areas are kind of the most, uh, I don't know if I would call them hot areas or whatever, but anyways, there are places where the boundaries, they are really struggling with them and maybe even frustrated with them. So first of all, I want to talk about the work boundaries and, and those who struggle with, with work and the boundaries associated with work. First, I should say there are people who told me they don't struggle with a boundary with work. And, and when I listened to them, there, there were two common themes that I noticed. And, and, and what they would say is, no, I, I don't uh, struggle with work really that much at all because I go to work, I punch in, I do my job, I punch out, and I go home. So yeah, it's, it's fine, it works great. And so what I notice is people like that, they have set boundaries with their work that really help them. And one of them is location. That if they can go to a place where it is entitled, you know, work, or this is where my job is at and I need to be there to do my job, uh, that they seem to have, that's a good boundary for them to have. A second thing that the, that's part of this is a boundary about time that when they, they punch in and they punch out and, and when I'm punched in, that's when I'm, I'm thinking about my job and I'm working hard and then when I'm done, I punch out again and then I don't think about it again until I go back in. Now, for those of you who do have boundary issues with work, uh, I'm guessing most of you are salary. And salary is code for, it would be embarrassing to tell you how little we're paying you per hour. So instead of making it look bad, we're going to give you the salary that makes it look like a bigger number, right? That, that people get moved to salary because they are, are working ridiculous hours. And, and so when you look at them, they'll start saying, you know what, it's like I, I think about work all the time. It's when I get up in the morning and it's late at night and there's different office things they expect me to be at and work they expect me to take home. They give me a, a computer to take home. And it made me think about when I started as a pastor. When I graduated from the seminary, the first call that I received was to an area, not to a church which means I was called to start a church in a specific area. There were no members, there was no church, there were no services, nothing like that. And so Tanya and I, and, and then we had, at that time, had uh, one son, another son was born right after that, went up the offices in the house, and, and as we started doing the work, uh, I had boundary issues. And part of the reason why is, is there were days, especially when we, we had more children a little bit later, when I would be in my office and then the kids would walk, you know, come walking in, the door was open, 
maybe pull books off the bookshelf, um, maybe say, Dad, I want some juice. And I'll tell him, of course, I, you know the answer I gave him. Why don't you go ask Mom? Uh, Mom sent me in here. She told me you'd get some. What? So it's like, okay, let's go. And so you're getting some juice, getting a snack for him, whatever. And, and so it was just frustrating where I, I felt like there, there were these interruptions, right? Well, then what would also happen is I would be with the family or, or be in the living room at night and the phone rings. Oh, yeah, they want to talk to pastor. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go in the office for a while. I'll talk to him. So I go in the office or people stop by. And then as a result, Tanya was like, you know what? You're, you're always working. And I was thinking, I'm never working. That because there were not boundaries. And part of the boundary was the location. Because the office was in the house, the, the, another one was that time. And so as you're looking at that, one of those things, as we just talked about, was establishing. Those are very important things to establish, boundaries, with, with time and location relating to work. But when it comes to relationships, it seems so much more difficult because all of us here have different relationships and, and different family backgrounds and different closeness to family or, or sometimes we're farther away. And so there aren't necessarily those, those little things or, or, or even major categories that we can break these things down into. But as we look at this lesson for today, and if you look at the heading from it, from Ephesians 4, it's right at the top. It says, Instructions for Christian Living. And as we look at this, and, and, and the beauty of this portion of God's word is that it, it's specific enough that it can help every individual here, and also general enough that it can help every individual here. And so we're going to look at this portion of God's word and, and see how it helps in our relationships, our relationships with God, and our relationships with one another as well. So we start, Ephesians 4, verses 17 to 27. I'm going to read through the whole thing right now. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. I'm going to read that again. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance. And underline ignorance, please. Because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed." That, however, is not the way of life you learned. Underline learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught, underline taught, in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, 
for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. And this is God's word. The Apostle Paul was writing this this letter to people from Ephesus who grew up apart from the church and apart from God's word. And so when he first went there, he started with the things that were most important. And the most important place, and, and where we need to start as well, is in our relationship with Jesus. That, that was something that, that, that Paul made it very clear. The Christian faith is about your relationship with Jesus and his payment for your sins. And so while he was there for, for that period of time he was there, it would be going on and building off that foundation of Jesus Christ. We need to remember that as well. You have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He came into the world to forgive you your sins. He went to the cross to pay for the sins of, of the people of all the world, of all time. Your sins are forgiven. The Ephesians got that. And, and, and it seems like there can be a problem sometimes when, when someone is newer to the faith that the, and who hasn't grown up around God's word, that on the one hand they have this knowledge the, the, of the facts of, of Christianity, but then there is the way that they've lived their life up until that point. And they've had a life in which Christ was not a part of it, and so it's confusing to them confusing on what they should or, or shouldn't do, that there are things that, that, that they shouldn't be doing that are harmful. They didn't, they didn't even know. And for that reason, in this section, Paul is telling them, you know what, here are some instructions, here are some boundaries for Christian living. And we look at Ephesians 4.17, the first part. So I tell you this and insist on it. Notice, this isn't just advice, take it or leave it. I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Now, the Gentiles would be those who were non-Jewish people, those who did not have the word of God. And, and so what he's doing is immediately showing there's a difference between those who, who know Jesus and, and follow him as their savior, how they are going to live as opposed to those who don't know Jesus. Now, maybe a way that I would show it to you in terms of boundaries that, that, to get it clear in our heads would be this. Uh, if I were to show you these boundaries, okay, the, these are boundaries, we understand, right, of a football field. We, we know that it's 100 yards from goal line to goal line. And, and as we watch, we understand that wherever you play football, you're going to have these same dimensions, and we understand the goal of the game, to get across a, a goal line and, and to score a touchdown or a field goal uh, for three points. But if I were to show you another field here in, in Phoenix where the Diamondbacks play, notice it is a field with boundaries and the boundaries are completely different. And the reason why is because the purpose of that game has nothing to do with touchdowns and, 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 and going across an end zone, but rather it's from base to base, right? And then finally, you, when you cross home plate, you get a run, and it's a, a totally different thing. And, and those two games 
are completely different with a different purpose. What Paul was telling the Ephesians is the Christian life and and the life of those who are not Christian, although they can look similar at times, in the same way that when when you look at that, yeah, there's some grass on the field and and there's, there's some similarities between these types of fields. And maybe even at times they have different games, a football and a baseball game could be played in the same stadium that you need to establish the boundaries of what you are trying to accomplish before you even begin. What is the purpose of your life? What is the purpose of the life of someone who doesn't know Christ? And he's going to get into this, and in just a moment, we're going to see the difference between these two purposes. In the blank, you can write, We don't just blindly accept boundaries set by others. We don't just blindly accept boundaries set by others. That is also known as the, if everyone was jumping off the bridge, would you do that too rule? Right? Mom used to say that. Well, everybody was doing it. Well, if they jump off the bridge, are you going to do that too? No. And the reality of it is this, is that in our lives and in our culture, we do blindly accept more things than we think. That, that we sometimes blindly accept the things we see on television, the things we hear on the radio, all of those different things, the culture, what is normal, things that are normal for how we deal with those who lead us, things that are normal for how we treat other people, things that are normal for sexuality and, and what is and, and is not permitted and, and what I can do and not do. Also, with, with the, the use of, of what God has given me, all of these The culture we live in has different norms and different boundaries that are different than from what we learn. Let's get into them right now and see why there is this difference. Ephesians 4, 18 and 19. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity... They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. As we do this, I I really hope this is as eye-opening for you as it was for me as I went through it. I know you want to fill in the the next page, so why don't you do that? I'll give you the fill-in and then we'll go back and look at the passage. And in in the blanks, you can write, some expand boundaries because of lost sensitivity. Instead of practicing restraint, they practice sensuality. Okay, so they expand boundaries and they practice sensuality. Now go back to the other other page and and we're going to look at this section. First of all, it, it, I'm going to start with the sensuality part. That, that when you think of this, I want you to think of your senses and how it is that you feel and experience things. So, so your senses, right? That you taste, you see, 
you, you feel, you hear, and you smell, right? So all of these are, are ways that, that we uh, receive input. And what happens is that what we can do is make those receptors and receiving those things that, that we like to be stimulated that way. And so what happens is when you receive that, that, that stimulation, you want more and more and more. The problem is, is that you, as you begin to do that, you can begin to overload and you lose sensitivity. And when you lose the sensitivity, you just do it more and more and more. An example of this, just so you know what I'm talking about, would be with alcohol. That, that someone who does not drink alcohol at all might go to a place where alcohol is being served, they will have one drink, and they'll be like, oh my goodness, I'm woozy. I, you know, I need to sit down or I need to get something to eat because you know, I'm just not used to that and I'm just you know, trying to explain what they're going through. Well, then a person might do that and say, you know what, I kind of like that. And I wouldn't mind feeling that way every day. So every day, they, they, they start having a drink, right? And then after a week or so, they're like, you know what? I don't feel the same after one drink that I used to when I started doing this. So what's better than one drink? Two drinks. And now in order to get to my happy place, I have to do that. And then I start needing three beers, six beers, nine beers, 12 beers. Now, well, they come in 24 packs. And so what happens, and you laugh, but I, I, I just, I, I mean, I remember this so vividly. Worked with a guy when I was in college. He drank a 24-pack of Old Style every day. Every day. And I don't know if he ever really, I think he was going for a feeling, but at that point, he never got there anymore. And the same is true, it's not just alcohol, it can be, it can be with drugs, it can be with food, that when you do it and, and you just want more and more and more and, and you want to feel better, but then what happens, notice where it says that they lost the sensitivity due to the hardening of their hearts. And when your heart begins to harden, when you are on a, a, a relationship away from God and your life, this is, this is, if you want to call this a religion, this is the religion of more. That more, more of whatever that was will make me happier. And, and as you do that, and more and more and more, the thing about it is it leads you in and it's a trap. Because what happens is the thing that serves you and makes you feel better, all of a sudden one day the tables are turned and it becomes your master. And you become a slave to it. And, and then you get into this, whether you call it addiction or whatever you want to call it, but it now dictates your life and your life revolves around it. The hardening of your heart is what follows. And, and the hardened heart... I used to think that a hardened heart was, was anger and rage and just being upset with other people. But now I, I don't, th the more and more I think about it, I don't think it is. I think the ultimate hardened heart is apathy. That you just don't care. That, that when you're brought up, I'm not angry, I'm not sad, I'm not happy, I'm just, I don't care. 
And that's what this is talking about when it says that they have lost all sensitivity. Am I the only one who's been here before? And, and I, I think especially for the Ephesians that, that as Paul is writing to them about this emptiness, the, this, this little hell you live, and, and it's truly, in a, I would call it hell in the sense of it's separated from God. It, it's, you're away from God in the way that you're living your life. And in a way it is because you've been given what you want, the sensuality. Here, have, have all you want. And now it becomes your master that, that it separates you from God as well. There's a misery to it and a hardening of the heart. And, and Paul is telling them that is the way you used to live without Christ. And that is no way to live. And that is not God's plan for your life either. We continue. Ephesians 4 verse 20, 21 this, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. That when you learn about Christ, you realize that your life is not about you all the time. In the very last words of the verse from before, I don't know if you caught that, but it said that all of this impurity and they are full of greed. That is the best way to describe it. That's a way of living a greedy life, saying, I want what makes me feel good all the time and I want more of it. But he's telling them that is not the way to, as we follow Christ. We have a different purpose now, that, that we live to serve the Lord, the one who has given his life for ours, the one who, who gives us release not only from sin, but also of these these dictators we have of sin in our life, the, the ones who hold power over us, that Christ has broken those as well. And we do not live, need to live that way anymore. There's a new way to live, a way to live to serve God. So what did he teach? Well, in the blank you can write, uh, developing boundaries is a learning process and is something we need to teach Understand, if you are there right now, it's really not surprising. It's really not surprising because the way that you have lived your life and the way that you are taught uh, from the society and the culture in which we live is going to take you in that direction, which is why it's important for us to teach a different way and why Paul taught a different way and why Christ teaches a different way. And what is that way? We continue. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Look at the verses again. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its, and underline this, deceitful desires. Corrupted by its deceitful desires. You know what deceitful desires are? They are things you really, 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 really want. And especially when you really, really, really want something that's really bad for you. But in the moment, you don't understand that. 
And so the, the way that I understand this probably with struggle I have most, I've talked this before, is with food. That when I look at this, I really, 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 really want a donut or two or five. Well, then it comes six, it doesn't, whatever. Anyways, that you look at that and you, it's a deceitful desire because you really want it. But then when I have it, 10 minutes later, I really, 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 really wish I didn't eat it. And, and then I feel horrible. And then, and then the whole cycle begins. Think about what else it is that you want, the deceitful desires you have, that, that you, are, you are led astray. They can be physical, and, and usually they all have to do with your senses. How many times, how many times does God warn us about this sexually? Deceitful desires, they are going to get you in trouble. You think you want it, but you don't. Think about this in terms of money. Of the, yeah, we really, really, really want it, and I'll do this and this to get it. And, and what happens, we destroy boundaries, we expand boundaries, whatever it is, to get what we want. And they're deceitful and they hurt you. And what were you taught? You need to expose these deceitful de- desires, you need to confess them to the Lord, and maybe do another brother and sister in Christ. You need to take them to the cross, and you need to be forgiven of them. That's what we do with those. That we don't continue to feed them, feed them. We confess them. We identify them for what they are, deceitful desires, sin, whatever you want to call it, but something that does not have a place in our lives. And then to be made new in the attitude of your mind, to put on the new self, which is created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That you have something instead and that is that you have something to put on. And, and the Bible uses this picture of a robe, a robe of righteousness, that Christ perfection. And what happens is not only the way we act not only changes, but even the things that we want begin to change. Because we look at those deceitful di- desires, we identify them for what they are, and we replace them to, for what God wants for us. Notice, we have this opportunity to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Righteousness without sin, made right with God, and holiness. The word holy, I've used this so many different times, but I love the picture. Holy. Holy means set apart for a special purpose. You are set apart for a special purpose. When I think of this, always think of my mom's china. I always think of that. Every time I can see it. She kept her china in the hutch, and and the, the hutch we had had a window so you could see in, and there's mom's fine china. And whenever we came home, and the, the china was on the table. The question was always, who's coming over for dinner? Why? Because this is out and it's special. That this is a special occasion when this is being used. And I remember that when, whenever we loved it when we had the, that out, the fine china, because mom never let us wash it. She always did it by hand because it needed to be treated very specially because it was special for a special purpose. And that is the picture God has for you. You are set apart for a special purpose. And that purpose is not sin. The special purpose is not to indulge your sinful nature and its deceitful desires. You are set apart for a special purpose, to serve God. 
And when he puts you in this world, it is for a special purpose of serving him so that others can see it and give him praise and recognize this Christian is at work in their life. Something special is going on. Something special in God's kingdom is going on through this person. That is God's plan for you. In the blank, you can write, I will develop godly boundaries that put off sinful behavior and put on behavior that reflects our faith relationship with Jesus. Putting off, confessing, getting rid of the sinful nature, putting on that, that with the promises of God the, this, new, this new identity that we have in Christ. And that's what it is. It, this is. And we talk about this a lot. Purpose of why we're here and identity, who we are. You are a child of God, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. You are righteous. You are holy. The Bible says it so many different ways. And it affects the boundaries that we set and the life that we live. Finally, we go to Ephesians 4, 25 to 27. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. As we look at this, this is good advice. It's advice I've been told by many people, uh, especially in, in a marriage situation, and that is don't go to bed angry with one another. I don't care how long it is. Stay up. Work it out. Uh, don't let that place in your heart begin to harden and, and not deal with it because then you never deal with it. And then it, that hole and that gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and you want to stop that. And, and it's true that anger is like you feel this person owes you. And, and instead of having a forgiving heart, you have an angry heart. And it's not just in that situation it's not just in a marriage situation. It's in any situation with any relationships. Speak honestly with one another. Also, we're told, speak the truth in love. That same type of thing, that we are honest with one another about our purpose, about our identity, about our God and forgiveness. In the blank, you can write, honesty is a boundary that encourages unity and assures us that the devil, which in his name means liar, will have no place in our hearts. Think about that as a boundary, as a place to start today. I'm going to tell the truth. Wow. There's a boundary, huh? I'm, I'm going to be honest with people that are close to me uh, to speak in a loving way, to speak the truth to them. As we finish today, one of the things that, I, that we talk about boundaries, do not think in terms of boundaries like a box. You do not live in a box. And it's not God's desire that you live in a box with boundaries either. But instead, this is the picture I'd like you to think of when you think of boundaries. This is an example of how boundaries allow us to go somewhere. That when we set boundaries on our sides of where we are not going to go, it allows us and it gives us a path of where we are going to go. And I wonder if maybe in the next, when, when early in the service when I talked about the next steps, maybe I need to show this picture 
every time. Because what it does is it establishes the boundaries God, that God gives us so it shows us at the same time how far we can go. And it shows us the journey. And it can begin to point us to a destination. A road like this and boundaries allow us to go where we want to go. Boundaries in our lives allow us to go where God would have us go and where he would lead us. Develop boundaries. Develop godly boundaries, putting off the old self, putting on the new, being like God in true righteousness and holiness. So, before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. On the one hand, boundaries, developing boundaries is so simple. Stay away from sin and selfishness. Uh, pursue God and his righteousness. I mean, it, it's, it's not that complicated. But as we live our lives, we know how it, how it can be. And for that reason, this encouragement to stay close to Christ, to his word, to, to learn and be taught from him and be strengthened by him. And as you go, go with his blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.